We had Pete from Spiritual Care married a gentleman that wanted to get married before he passed away. Took a guy out fishing that wanted to go fishing for the last time. We've done all kinds of get-togethers for people and events. And really, it doesn't matter what the person wants. Like, I've even had calls where they want to have birthday parties for somebody or anniversary celebrations. And we'll throw that together. So it's not just the being in that sad state when they pass away. Our motto for Continuum Hospice is making the most of now. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we talk with leaders. Heather Peterson is with Continuum Hospice and Palliative Care. She is the volunteer coordinator. Welcome. Hi, Lori. Volunteer coordinator. That's a big job. It is. I love it. I I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I know you work for Continuum, but tell Mm -hmm. us about what it means to be a volunteer coordinator and what you are looking for in volunteers. Oh, it's amazing. So what I'm looking for is just compassion, empathy, somebody who wants to listen one-on-one and be there for people. And you know what? That's all of us. We all need that. Being a volunteer anywhere you go is going to touch people, reach out into the community. It's going to help us. Uh, Health benefits are are extraordinary. To be a part of this, to be able to, to match the volunteers with the patients is extraordinary. And you know, it's not just for the patients, it's also for the caregivers as well. What does a volunteer do? Is it a one time, a a week, a month? Actually, it depends on the volunteer. So when you sign up to be a volunteer, I'll originally do a interview with you and ask the certain questions, basic interview questions, but I'll ask, do you have any special talents that you'd like to share? What do you see yourself doing with this patient? Any suggestions that they have? Lots of times people don't even realize that they're able to help out in administrative support or different areas. So yeah, it's, it's just really great. There's lots of opportunities for them. They're able to to go to school during the day. They're able to go to work. Um, doesn't matter if they work nights or days or weekends because they schedule those appointments with the patients themselves. Really, the volunteers can work. If they work during the week and they want to volunteer on the weekends, they can. If they want to volunteer from seven to eight at night, as long as it's okay with the patient and the patient wants that, then it's perfectly fine. And that's what we set up for them. It's really dependent, not only what the type of area that they volunteer in, but their hours as well. And if they volunteer, for instance, and we're talking hospice care, right? Yes. If they volunteer as hospice, are they going to a building? Are they going to the person's home? What does that look like? Well, there are some hospices that have facilities where you go to them. Um, Continuum Hospice actually goes to wherever the patients are. We go to assisted living facilities, skilled nursing facilities. We do go to some hospitals and we go to wherever the patients are at their homes or at their loved one's home. So really, we just go to wherever they're at and just help meet their needs. Somebody listening is thinking, man, I want to do that. What is their next step for volunteering? Well, all you have to do is give us a call or give your local hospice a call. Uh, We'll walk you through the process. It's not real hard at all. Um, There's a couple things that we'll need to do, like background checks and and things to make sure that our vulnerable adults are secure and taken care of and and that our families feel secure. And and then we want to just talk about the benefits of it, how it would benefit you and how it would benefit us and, and what we could do to get them started. After that, it's a really easy process of just doing orientation with them. Our volunteers don't just go out and see a patient, do that type of connection with them on their own. 
They're not just going to show up and introduce themselves. I show up with them. So I'll meet them right at that facility or right in front of the home. We'll walk up together. I show them how to use proper hand hygiene, how to sign in, do the kiosk. I walk them in, introduce them to, if it's a facility, to the advisor there. And then I'll also go right up to the room with them, introduce them to the patient, and I stay there the entire visit. So that volunteer always gets that one-on-one with me and gets to feel secure while they're there with that patient so that they can make a decision on whether or not they want to be there as well. It's that choice between the patient and that volunteer. We're talking hospice. So we're talking about people that are dying. So is there a certain type of person that is more geared toward that? I, I feel like there'd be people like, I can't do that. I don't think that there are any barriers. I believe that anybody can do it. We work with people on making that happen. Let's say you don't want to go out and see patients yet. That's completely fine because we do things like um, go to fairs. We have volunteers speak at orientations. We have speaking events that we go to. We have an admin help where somebody can help us write out birthday cards, be pen pals to our patients, call on the phone. These are things that we did during the pandemic as well. And we've just continued to do this. Now that we can have that direct one-on-one care with the patients, we're still adding what we had from that uh, pandemic as well. If you're volunteering and you are with a patient and then mm-hmm. they they pass, then what? Well, if a patient passes away, well, first of all, we put our, our volunteers through really good training. So we really prepare them and give them the information that they need to succeed and to be able to handle situations like this. So the volunteers know that if anything like this happens, to go ahead and call the hospice first, not 911. That's just the hospice's policy. 24-7, there's somebody that covers our lines and is there to take care of, of anybody, our volunteers, any calls that come through. Well, then do they move on to a new patient or like, what? No. how does that look? No. So they would call us and let us know. We would make sure that um, the volunteer was well supported. We offer the same bereavement classes, the same grief supportment classes that we offer the family members, the patients, um, anything that's available to the employees or our, our patients or community, we also offer to our volunteers as well because we, we consider that them as employees. Once something like that would happen, I would probably do some intervention, call them in, spend some time with them, go over what happened, make sure, see if they need that grief support, any training like that. And if they're ready to take on another patient, if they're ready to take on another patient, of course, we would love to put them out in the field again. But if that's not their time, if they're not ready for that, then we have plenty of other things for them to do, or they're more than welcome to take a break. We we just want our, our volunteers to, to always feel safe and secure in these type of situations. Yeah, because it seems like there could be some variables. It's not like if you're going to the food bank and you're doing the same thing every time. It's a different type of thing. No, it's not. But, you know, I find that uh, when I do the orientations, volunteers are like, what do I say or what do I do or how do I how do I start a conversation? Or a lot of people just want that that connection and having somebody there to speak with them. The family members want to have somebody there to help support their loved 
loved ones, maybe to, to give them some respite care, which means that they're not only doing that one-on-one with the patient, but they're giving the family members and caregivers a time to leave so that they're able to get medications, run errands, maybe just go take a nap. But what that offers is that offers them just that little reprieve of time and that volunteers get to spend that time. And so you see how it benefits everybody all around. And, you know, it also benefits our staff as well, because volunteers that are there with the patients see things on a regular basis. Maybe they're there every week or they're there twice a week. They're they're able to see, is the patient in a different state of mind than they were in before? Do they seem a little different? Like, And they're going to let me know. And as soon as they let me know, I'm going to let their case manager know. It might have been a change of medication. It might be another reason. I'm not I'm not sure what that would be but they're really our eyes and ears. It sounds like it would be hard in the sense that you're dealing with life and death, but also mm-hmm. rewarding in the fact that you're stepping in a place of a kind of crisis where everybody's in a little bit of crisis because this is the unknown. Mm-hmm. Like it's not so much what you say, it's just that you you are a body and you are there. Exactly. And they don't want you to be a counselor. They don't want you to be grief supporter or this or that. They really just want that person to listen to them. So you don't have to have all the answers. We don't even, we don't train you to have the answers. You're, you're not there for that. It's wonderful. I wanted to tell you a little bit about the programs we have as well. This has been so amazing. When I started out with Continuum, it was about three years ago when we first opened up and I started out as a CNA. Then I've been a CNA for over 30 years. I started out with Continuum as a CNA. And as the company grew, because when I started, there was only about six people. And then there were about the same amount of patients. That was it. So as we grew, they decided it would be a good fit for me to be in the office. As I went into the office, I, it just opened my eyes up to all these possibilities. And when the volunteer coordinator position came up, it was amazing. It was exactly what I wanted. And I fit right into it. One of the great things about it was the department was brand new. And it was brand new to the company and brand new to me. So I was able to really add programs that were beneficial, actually asked for by the volunteers. Somebody would come in and say, you know, I, I don't really want to work with patients one-on-one, but can do they do handyman? Can I help? Oh my gosh, yes, you can. You can help break down those beds, get the DME in. There's different things we can hang up on the walls or help the family members with. That would be wonderful. People that want to do light housekeeping, light yard work. Like I said, that one-on-one, just visiting the respite care Some of the things that we have that are really different at Continuum, and I'm not sure if if they have them at other hospices, we have virtual reality, which is amazing. It's the goggle system that you put on. It's got a 360-degree view, so you can look all around, and those patients can go anywhere in the world and do different activities, sports. They can swim with dolphins. They can go to Italy. They can visit places that they went to, that they wanted to go to. This is the bucket list. This is something that they can see and we can bring to them. This is something we can bring to facilities. We can project it right on their wall and do live like painting shows with the, with the different people in our community. It's, it's just amazing. We have equine therapy, which is amazing. It's with Courageous Connections and Lake Stevens that does that equine therapy. And we do the workshops with them, our family members, the bereavement people, the employees, volunteers, patients, 
they all get the opportunity to go to Courageous Connections and have that experience, the one-on-one with the horses in that setting where they can relax, where they can have the, the health of nature take over, where they don't have to worry about certain things and they can just relax for that time that they're there. We do tons of work with different veteran organizations. We work with the local VFWs. We work with the American Legions of Linwood. Uh, we work with all different places that, like, let's say the Heroes Cafe and American Legion, they have helped us with flags. They go around to different facilities, have the different veterans will fold them for us. The Heroes Cafe will fold them for us, whoever. They bring them and present them to our hospice. And we're able to present our veterans with flags and medals before they pass away, just to show that honor and respect to them. We do honor ceremonies with Veterans Last Patrol. That's amazing. We fly flying people from all over. Uh, we have trumpets and, and other music. We have people that bring in shadow boxes with all of their medals and, and uh, whatever branch they were from. Different people from California all over will come to support this veteran. And what they do is they give them the honor ceremony before they pass away. They do the flag presentation. They do the music. They do everything so that veteran gets to experience it. And those are the kind of things that we get to share because of the community. That is so amazing. So you came to this because you were a CNA, but what really brought you to the hospice work? I don't really know. I guess I've always been kind of nervous about the word hospice. I was always um, kind of nervous about... uh, even uh, even death and working with elderly. But then I started working with my mom who needed a little bit of help. And, and I was like, well, I'm going to get my CNA license. So I got my CNA license. And then I started working with people and I started working one-on-one in their homes. I started working in facilities and it was amazing. It drew me in. I just wanted to help these people. I have a servant heart always have. I just love it. And once I realized that it didn't matter who you were or where you were in your journey of life, it was just a blessing and honor to serve those people at any time, then I was set. I had actually decided to take a break from being a CNA and I started working at Animal Hospital. I was working there. Everything was great. All the machines were the same as the hospital and the medications were the same. Everything was great. And then pandemic happened. I felt with the shortage of medical staff and with what was going on in the world that I had chosen a career in which I needed to be out there to help people. So I quit my job at the animal hospital and started working at the hospital with patients and then got a call from this beautiful place called Continuum. Joined. That was it. That, that'll be my story forever. I, I, I love this place. It's an adventure. When we hear hospice, uh- I don't know. It just, that sounds like a very sad word, a sad place, but yet I see you and you're smiling and you're talking about it in such a joyful way. So help us reframe how we think so that when we say hospice, it's not just like this horrible thing that we all want to like stay away from. You're looking for volunteers to walk into it. Okay. So I think when people think of the word hospice, they think of it as in the word of the end, right? The end of life. But it isn't really that way. I see it's the end of a journey. It may be the beginning of something else. But for right now, 
It's what we can offer that person while they're at their end of their, their journey. I worked at, at the hospital and I had a friend that worked on the seventh floor in oncology. And we were talking one day and I was like, gosh, I, I just don't know if I could work on oncology. I don't, it would be so difficult for me. You know, a lot of your patients pass away. I'm not sure that's what I would think. And she said, you know what? It doesn't bother me because I know that I'm the last person that was with that patient. And I know how much I love them and how much I want to take care of them and what I can do for them and, and how much I can be there for them. And it changed my entire way of thinking. The volunteers, our staff, our me, that's how we see it. Wow. So it's really, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yes. Yes. This is an honor. It's an honor to be there with people during this time. Well, before we wrap this up, tell us about Continuum. It sounds like a newer company. Just tell us about it and the programs. So we're talking about Continuum Hospice and Palliative Care. Uh, We started out in Snohomish County, but we're actually in Snohomish, King, and Pierce counties now. We had started out with a small amount of people, around six people or so. Our employee list is well over 100. We have over 300 patients. The reason why is because... Because it's just the trust, I believe, that we built with the community and the trust that we built with the different facilities and the patients that we've had, uh, the relationships that we've made. So we've been able to spread our name around and let people know about us. With a hospice, you have uh, different disciplines that work there. With our hospice, we have our spiritual care services, which is amazing. That encompasses everything. It doesn't matter what spiritual realm you're at. We've had numerous different faiths there. We have social workers. We have clinical nurses and home health aides that go out to the houses and volunteers, of course. I always try to say what we do is we come into the home, we come into the facility, we help to create a plan with that patient, with the family, and with their medical team. We collaborate together to make a great plan for them. We're able to to see that happen. We're able to follow that through. It's really important for a hospice service to be able to do that. Our social service workers, which do the equine as well, they're amazing, amazing team. They help with financial um, help, guidance in that area. They help out with the insurances and what needs to go through. We have the home health aides, which are either CNAs or their home health aides that go in and help bathe and take care of them. And we just go in and we encompass everything so that family doesn't have to worry about anything. We can take care of things and they're able to focus on what's going on in their life and what's important for them at that time. With hospice, if I have a family member and suddenly they have to be in hospice care, is that a personal family decision, an insurance, a referral? How does that work? With hospice, your doctor has to diagnose you with six months or less to live. That's when you get referred to a hospice. And then we just go from there. That is what might get you qualified, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what the referral to hospice is. You could even pick up the phone if you want and call a hospice and just let us know what's going on. What are you going through? What makes you believe that this is issue for hospice or palliative care and how can we help you? 
And we send out that liaison to come out and sit with the family and go through everything with them and walk through everything with them. It just really is tremendous. I've heard with social service, the the term wraparound service, and that's what it feels like. You've got a family that's like, maybe they didn't know this was going to happen. And now they're in this whole world they know nothing about. And you step in and you're like, we know how this works. And so you help support and guide the family. I've seen a few friends that have gone through hospice with a family member and they like they don't want to give them drugs or they do want to, you know, and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle it. And then they've gotten support and Mm -hmm. information on how to make decisions for that person. That's what that collaborative team care effort comes in, where we talk to the patients and family members. And that's an ongoing thing that doesn't just stop. So we may start with a plan when the patient starts, but we're always going to continue to follow that patient. The family might step in and say, oh, my loved one is sleeping a lot. Why are they sleeping a lot? I really want to get some time with them. So then the nurse is able to come in and either say, well, maybe let's try a different medication or explain and do some education on what medications might do and what the side effects might be for them in order to help that patient feel comforted during that time. Yes, it's it's just really educational. So I get that you love your job. We are talking mm-hmm. with Heather Peterson. She is with Continuum Hospice and Palliative Care. She is the volunteer coordinator. Your joy, the joy that I see in you. What is it that you really, really want people to know? Volunteer. Go out there and volunteer in your community. It's so beneficial to you. We welcome you to volunteer with Continuum Hospice, but if you want to volunteer someplace else, go with your, go where your passion is, whether it's informal volunteering or formal volunteering with an organization. It's going to, help your health benefits. It's going to, it's going to help you to be out with the community. It's going to help you with stress levels. And I just welcome you to that. It's an easy process and your volunteer coordinator where you go or myself will help walk you through that process so that it makes it really easy for you and a good step, natural step for you to take. I'm also a coach. And often when people are between jobs, I suggest that they volunteer and often they're like, I don't have time. And I'm like, This is the opportunity where you might find something you had no idea you would Mm -hmm. love. Yeah. And, you know, that's where the flexibility of this comes in to play as well. Not only are you able to pick the hours, days, how often you want to, it's it's the level of how often you do it, too. So let's say you only have that one hour a, a month that you can do it, then you're able to do that. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you're able to do. We're able to take that. I've even had people that have gone on vacation for a month or people who go out of town for three months. I don't care. Enjoy your life. Go have fun. We'll be right here when you come back. Our patients are going to be here. We're going to be supportive of you. Just volunteer. I really strongly encourage it. I've often heard people who volunteer, especially like for events and then after and maybe they have a debriefing. What I always hear the volunteers say, they were more blessed than the person they were volunteering to help. I hear that all the time. And you'll read it in all of your books. But what's funny is that I hear it from each one of my volunteers. 
And, and you don't know how it's going to reach them either. You don't know if it's a story that the family tells, if it's a feeling that was brought up in them. If it, like I said, if it was a way that they didn't even know that they can help, like they didn't realize being a handyman was a talent that would help out this families in this crisis time. It's amazing. I think when people recognize the simplest thing, like you said, a handyman or cleaning or sewing or mm-hmm. things that might come really easy to you could actually benefit someone else. I think that's what kind of when the lights go on and we're like, oh, we can use something that seems so average to me to help Mm -hmm. somebody else. As you're a CNA, you learn activities of daily living. What patients are able to do, are they able to to walk and eat and move? And do you help them? And do you assist them with that? And I kind of feel the same way about volunteering. I feel like we're helping them to live their daily living every day, whether it's the volunteer that drives the patient uptown so that they can get a coffee and get out of the house. No matter what it is, it it just offers that. I have such a passion for what I do and for the people that we serve and for the volunteers that take their time to come in and spend it with people, people they don't even know, but they're willing to to create this relationship. It makes me really excited. Sometimes even when I answer the phone at work, I'm like, continuum hospice, Heather speaking. And they're like, yes, my loved one just died. I'm like, yes, let me get you to a nurse. Just one moment, please. I'm like, Heather, take it down a notch. But but honestly, that's what, when I was saying hospice, we think, and I remember my friends when they said, my parents going in hospice, it's like, oh, but to see your joy and your exuberance. And I have a friend who's a hospice nurse, and she's the kind of person you would want to see you out. She's just kind mm-hmm. and loving. And I often have said, I don't know how you do that, you know, and she's like, it, it's a gift. That's what she says. It's a gift. Like we had Pete from Spiritual Care married a gentleman that wanted to get married before he passed away. Took a guy out fishing that wanted to go fishing for the last time. We've done all kinds of get-togethers for people and events. And really, it doesn't matter what the person wants. Like I've even had calls where they want to have birthday parties for somebody or anniversary celebrations. And we'll throw that together. So it, it's not just the being in that sad state when they pass away. Our motto for Continuum Hospice is making the most of now. Thank you so much, Heather. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me on here, Lori. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in today and we hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.